From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Seven minutes past the hour in real time yesterday. We were able to talk a little bit about what was happening in New York City. And then, of course, we know these incidents go gavel to gavel 24-7. And that's since O.J. Simpson, that's the way the news is covered. It's a pretty much an echo chamber type of deal where the media picks one thing and they they just dog on a bone, just don't let it go. Obviously, this is uh, worthy of considerable coverage. And while things like this are sketchy and you don't know who did it, and then later on they have a person of interest and so on and so forth, the coverage is very important because it actually can help bring about help to law enforcement. But what a um, what moments that must have been a gunman in a gas mask setting off a smoke grenade and then indiscriminately just firing a barrage of bullets and evidently his gun jammed. I have to say that it's remarkable that no one has died and it does not appear from what I've been learning. It does not appear that anyone is going to die So at least 10 people were hit. That's even still a little sketchy. That was as of about 8.30, 8.40 last night. Still not a definitive, you would think you would, but people get taken to different hospitals. I mean, it's a lot going on, so I don't criticize. Police chief of detectives, James Essig, said that investigators are not sure whether the person of interest identified as Frank R. James, he's 62 years old, if he has any link to the subway attack. And Frank R. James comes into play because evidently, allegedly, he rented a U-Haul truck of some kind. And so they have the um, chain of evidence, if you will, from that. I remember when I was listening to Brian Kilmeade very early in his program. And actually, it would have been the second hour of his program, but the first hour that we carry. He said that so many rounds of gunfire were going off that a witness couldn't say how many shots were fired. And it appears that at least 33 rounds, this guy in a smoke-filled environment got off 33 shots and no one died. That is, and, and who knows, if... If the gun didn't jam, we'll never know what we won't know. 
quote, my subway door opened into calamity. It was smoke and blood and people screaming. This is eyewitness Sam Carcamo. Quote, the gunfire erupted on the train and it was pulling into the um, Sunset Park neighborhood. That's about a 15-minute ride from Manhattan, and it's predominantly the home of the Hispanic and Asian communities. Five people were in critical condition, but I add to that, are expected to survive. So it's not to say that no one could still die, but it does not appear. No one is expected to perish. At least 29 people were treated at hospitals. And that's for a variety of things. Gunshot wounds, smoke inhalation, and other conditions. Law enforcement is saying that the attack is not being investigated as terrorism. But they're not, quote, ruling anything out. The shooter's motive was unknown, although if it turns out to be that it's Frank James, <clears throat> that was not a <clears throat> for any effect. That is, my allergies are absolutely just going berserk. Yesterday was the first time I really saw, like, the car covered in it. Oh, I look at that, and I, I don't know what you see, but when I see that, I see poison. Oh. It's just, this is the rough stretch. Every year, I I don't like the winter, but then this happens, and I dislike this even more. And then by June, good to go. No problems at all. So if it turns out to be Frank James... Then there's YouTube videos of this guy saying that I think about killing people. You can't see everything, but whenever somebody specifically comes up and then you go and you look at their footprint, their social media and things like that, you'd think that somebody would have picked up. Like, does anybody know this guy? Would anybody have picked up and said, hey, you better keep an eye on this guy. He's talking about killing people. But again, he's not, evidently, he's not a suspect, but he is a person of interest. Police authorities found a 9mm semi-automatic handgun at the scene, along with extended magazines, a hatchet, detonated and undetonated smoke grenades, a black garbage can, a rolling cart, gasoline, and the key to a U-Haul van. Can you imagine th this guy's intentions? I don't think it's a stretch to say he wasn't just looking to shoot people. This guy was up to more things, whoever it is. And it was the key that led investigators to the van renter finding that he has addresses 
in both Philadelphia and in Wisconsin. This allowed authorities to zero in on a person of interest after the credit card used to rent the van was also found at the shooting scene. So obviously something happened because this guy left, you know, just all kinds of stuff. The van was found. It was unoccupied. And it was found in Brooklyn. Investigators believe the weapon jammed, preventing the suspect from continuing to fire. The Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives has completed an urgent trace to identify the gun's manufacturer, seller and initial owner. So they can move, can't they? Somebody took a video between subway cars and you hear people, or I should say at least someone, call 911 is heard shouting on the video. Other video and photos from the scene show people bloodied, lying on the platform. Some in what is described as puddles of blood and another person on the floor of a subway car. Ryder Juliana Fonda, a broadcast engineer from WNYC. That's an FM station in New York City. Told its news site that passengers from the car behind hers started banging on the connecting door. Quote, there were a lot of loud pops and there was smoke in the other car. And people were trying to get in, and they couldn't. They were pounding on the door to get into our car. And I have to say, and I'll comment after the break, this Kathy Hochul, not only does she not inspire confidence, but I have something to say about her on the other side of the break. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio. 95.5. Fox News commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you about the latest high times at the White House. Next. Okay, guys, we got to put our trays up for takeoff. Where's Dad? Oh, he's in the back. We could only get three seats together. Daddy has my pillow. We'll get it later. Can you not put your feet up, please? Why aren't we going? <sighs> we must be in line for takeoff. Like security? Well, that was a different line. I have to go. We just sat down. But I have to go. The seatbelt sign's on. Why aren't we moving? Hey, no kicking. We're just 15th in line for takeoff. Son of a... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. New data shows that inflation is up 8.5% the past year. In fact, the only thing higher are people who think Biden's doing a good job. The White House has been doing its best to blame high prices on Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. But before that, they blamed the pandemic, the supply chain, even the consumers for spending too much money. But folks, none of those things forced Biden and the Democrats to print and spend trillions of dollars on big government projects that not only drove up our debt, but drove down the worth of our currency. You see, Biden caused inflation. And if we worked half as hard at solving it as he did on blaming other people, we might have it under control by now. Instead, he's gone full Dr. Seuss, blaming it on a boat, a goat, a train, a plane, you name it. But all the Dr. Seuss-like excuses in the world won't change the fact that he is the Grinch that stole an extra 8.5% out of our wallets. I'm Jimmy. From the world's playground. 
This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 22 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. If you're just joining the program and missed our opening comments, we've been talking about uh, yesterday's subway violence shootings in New York City in the Brooklyn section of New York. And I have a bone to pick with this Governor Hochul because she's talking about this has to end and all of this stuff. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. You're woke. You're joke. You're broke. You're nuts. You're letting people that are in jail go. You're not charging people who should be charged. But then you say this has to stop. So I'm here to just say you can't have it both ways. I, I I cannot stand the New York governor. Not that Cuomo deserved to stay because he's a he's a cad and he deserved what he got, but and he was no you know no great uh example in any way, but much better than this one. Awful. They, they, everything they do, these woke Democrat politicians, everything they do leads to, do you remember when you could say that New York was safe? And remember, it was in really bad shape. It was unsafe rat infested you had piles of garbage more than 20 feet high rats the size of cats it was terrible squeegee guys i'll still i'll still not forget my encounter with a squeegee guy i mean they just completely demolish your windshield it's not even like they 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 shouldn't even have the title squeegee guy they they it's it's like they put mud on your windshield and then want you to pay them for it. It's awful. But it, it shows you basically the tenets of what we talk about on this program. Elections have consequences because when Rudy Giuliani became the mayor of New York City. Police were allowed to do their job. They cleaned up the trash. They made the city safe. And New York City was very, very safe. I mean, consider this. Would you would you take a bus? It used to be very convenient. Right in Atlantic City, you could get on a bus and go to New York City. Would you take that trip right now? I have an event that I'll tell you about later that I'm so happy that It's not in New York City, but in a different portion of the state. I'm so pleased about that. And I used to love, love to go to New York City. I have no desire now whatsoever. It's just, it's it's not safe. It's completely destroyed. They've ruined... These Democrats have ruined cities like New York and San Francisco and Los Angeles and take your pick, Chicago, and you could go on and on. All the major 
Democratic cities are absolutely destroyed because of their policies. Criminals, they're not stupid, you know. They do stupid things, it seems, but they're not stupid. They're like, hey, look at this. This is easy. And so it increases in frequency. It's no no surprise. High school student John Butsikaris, leave that to your train broadcasting specialist, was riding the other train when he saw a conductor urging everyone to get in. He thought it might be a mundane problem until the next stop when he heard screams for medical attention and the train was evacuated. Quote, I'm definitely shook. Quote, even though I didn't see what happened, I'm still scared because it was like a few feet away from me what happened. Another remarkable thing, no transit workers were physically hurt and their union confirms this. That's, God is great. You think about it. You light off a smoke bomb and you shoot 33 times. And at this moment, nobody is expected to die. Go run that through some kind of calculation. And you're talking about tight quarters. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that you could recreate what happened ever again. Without, and I guess you could see shadows and things maybe, but with not being able to see clearly and just indiscriminately firing 33 shots, how unlikely would it be that not one of them would have been like a headshot, you know, center chest. I mean, incredible. A bunch of people hit at least 10. Even that, you fire 33 shots, you would expect ricochets and you'd expect, if you fire 33 shots into a train and it's really close quarters, obviously, I think you would expect to hit 20 people as a result of that. Maybe one more mini segment on this when we come back, because there's some more stuff that I have about the from the New York Police Department that I haven't been able to share. And then we'll move on and probably comment on the consumer price index, because it really does matter what's happening there. Uh And I had some people call my story of two days ago fake news when I talked about the fact that almost one-third of the state, one-third of the country, making tough decisions right now between food and gasoline. And and I had two two absolute – there were many, many more good people, but two absolute ass clowns writing fake news and this isn't true and I'm not making it up. They're They're not my numbers. That's what's happening right now. So we'll get into some of that as well. We have um, Jim Malamut at 8 o'clock, and we'll talk about forward mortgages. And then we have John Walters at 9 o'clock, 
and we'll talk about reverse mortgages. Next hour, 7 o'clock hour, wide open forum. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's still me, Harry Hurley, at 31 minutes past the hour. Three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Let's go, Brandon. I've got the story. A New Jersey congressional candidate has withdrawn. He had the slogan, let's go, Brandon. He wanted the other part, the FJB. That got knocked out. So did he. New Jersey finishes last in the nation in COVID-19 mitigation and Stockton University and their credit rating. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. It is going to be another beautiful spring day today, but temperatures are tricky thanks to a spring sea breeze. East of the parkway, you'll only reach the 60s this afternoon. Farther inland, I'll give you a high of 80. Sunshine this morning, clouds build this afternoon. Mostly cloudy and mild tonight, we only drop to 62. Tomorrow's high 80, one more warm breezy day. Strong thunderstorms likely tomorrow afternoon. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hi, it's Chris Coleman from W. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. 37 minutes past the hour, New York City police mounted an intense manhunt yesterday for the gunman who set off two smoke bombs, opened fire in a New York subway car, injuring more than 20 people. And this all happened while we were on the air together during rush hour. Uh, And of course, because they can't help themselves and I can't stand them for it, uh, it prompts new cause to fight violence. Uh, Instead of fighting it all the time and supporting the police and not being soft on crime and not failing to charge people who should be charged and failing in terms of releasing people who shouldn't be released, they always, the, the socialist Democrat wackadoos, they wait for a horrible thing to happen, and then they usually wind up blaming the gun. It's, it's madness. Reagan called it out over 40 years ago. You got, you gotta, you've got to blame the individual. You've got to hold accountable the person that does this, not a gun. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, she says this is what happens. Attacks like this come after you undermine the police. And look, I know there are people who don't want to hear that because when something horrific happens and such a human resource tragedy, you don't want to hear that. But tell me it's not true. Quote, and it's it's tough love. You're seeing what happens when you have irresponsible people in charge, when they undermine and demoralize the police. The New York state government is actually getting on board and creating this cashless bail system, the prioritization of criminals over victims. Hey, 
you, maybe you don't want to hear that. Maybe you do want to hear that. But I can't argue with that. Quote, they've done nothing to resolve the damage done by de Blasio when he defunded over $1 billion out of the New York City Police Department. You should be able to charge people when they do things like that. They should not be protected. When you've got a flat-out communist, de Blasio, doing what he did, and people are getting hurt and killed, it should be actionable. I want to repeat this quote. They've done nothing to resolve the damage done by de Blasio when he defunded over $1 billion out of the New York City Police Department. You know what is going to happen when you demoralize and defund the police and prioritize criminals. This is what happens. People aren't safe. And I have to say, I really had... I, I didn't go too far because I just don't know the individual, but I had some hope for Eric Adams, the mayor of New York. But look what he's been up to. Billboards in Florida. What the hell is he doing with that? His town is completely unsafe. And he has time for that? Billboards and crap like that? Just terrible. Quote, they're not talking about the trillions and trillions of dollars being flooded into the marketplace and the inability of us to find a way in the supply chain to lower prices. She's just getting into everything that's going on right now. Cause, effect, price, all of this. And you just have to you have to love this incompetent administration. Whether it's Granholm, who didn't know how much oil we use in America on a daily basis. Scary. It's not your job to know. But it's the Secretary of Energy's job to know. I knew how how much it was. And so what? I mean, how could she not know? Then, of course, you have Buttigieg telling people to get an electric car. And I'm sure, what's he going to write the check for $61,000? Quote, this administration is also focused on cutting and gutting the nation's energy industry and, quote, forcing everyone into a Green New Deal. Their answer to the energy crisis is to go buy a $60,000 electric car. What you're seeing is a real disaster. And the numbers are incredible. The solution the Democrats have is more spending and more incentives. Inflation is outpacing wage increases. This is a tremendous cost to consumers it hurts and we talk about this a lot it hurts the least able to afford the most and tenny's not afraid to say it quote we have people that are perfectly able to work who aren't working because we continue to flood the economy 
with money. I heard a little discussion on the program before me, and I'm listening to this guy talking about how great the economy is. I'm thinking, you just unimaginable liar. How great the economy is. How wonderful the employment market is. 3.6% unemployment. Hey, if 4 million people decide I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not looking anymore, you can make any number you want. Look however you want it to look. And when we come back, we'll tell you, I'm sure you've heard about it, but I do feel obligated to do a piece on it, and I will. We'll talk about consumer prices. And it's not good news. 44 minutes past the hour. I appreciate that you're here. That's good news. And we'll continue to do what we do. Still more good news. This is Hurley in the Morning on South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thanks. Welcome back. 48 minutes past the hour. I didn't mention this in the beginning of the program and probably without the New York City um, tragedy I would have. And that is the passing of comedian Gilbert Godfrey. And he was funny, really funny. And I, I, I don't know if you saw this. I couldn't. Stop seeing it. So many people were posting it, and it just was very um, eerie, maybe. I can't think of a better way to describe, but it was a picture. And what's interesting is you think it's a selfie, but it's not a selfie because you see, actually, uh, the phone, if I'm not mistaken – of the person taking the picture and then the other two people. And so it's not a selfie, a true selfie. It looks like it's a selfie, but you got to look just a little bit deeper and say, wait a minute, I think I'm looking at a selfie, but it's not a selfie because if I see the camera, the hand and the camera in the photo, then it's not a selfie. You can usually tell there are some people that are very good at it, though, and if you have an extra long arm and you can be natural and not look like – there's just this thing that usually happens. The face looks different uh, when you're doing a selfie. But it was a selfie of Bob Saget – or I shouldn't say it's a selfie. It's not a selfie. It's a picture of a selfie being taken. Somewhere in Bob Saget's phone is this photo, though, because he also took the photo, but not the one I'm speaking about. The one I'm speaking about was someone taking the photo of him taking the photo. Anyhow, I don't want to get convoluted on that. But it's Bob Saget, it's Louis Anderson, and it's Gilbert Godfrey. And they're all gone. One, two, three, just like that. But he was funny. When he would put his hands out, like, out in front, you know what I'm doing right now, that that Gilbert Godfrey pose. Ah. Classic, classic stuff. Consumer prices rose 8.5% in March. That's the worst since December of 1981. That's more than 40 years ago. 
It's above the estimate. Food prices, energy, shelter prices surging. And what happens is, even if you got an increase at your work, your earnings are falling because the rate of inflation and the increase in prices are more than the increase that you're getting. Terrible news. And I know they tried to spin it. It's disgusting. They spin it with Putin's price hike and our policies are working and just these crazy things. None of it true. All these bad things were going on before Putin invaded Ukraine. They can just make this stuff up. Putin's price hike. Putin's price hike. Unfortunately, oil prices have risen again because we had been seeing some relief at the pump. But Brent crude futures rose 59 cents to $105.23 a barrel. And of course, all of this regrettable and we had such an opportunity if we did not have a radical government come in and take us off of our our glide path we were on a great path in terms of being energy independent and a net oil exporter i mean it was as beautiful as you could hope for we not only made all that we needed but we had enough to export as well Such a shame. Guy I give credit, though, to, and and again, I don't give a a lot, too much credit to because he's in West Virginia. It's a conservative state. He wants to keep his his job. But I do give Joe Manchin credit because while Biden keeps, and, and Jen Psaki, they keep on saying all of this is Putin's price hike. Joe Manchin isn't having any of that. Quote, let me be clear, inflation is a tax, and today's historic inflation data tells another chilling story about how these taxes on Americans are completely out of control. Quote, hard-earned wages and financial savings are disappearing faster every month as prices continue to climb, while the pain and frustration of spending more on everyday items lingers over all of us, especially those who can afford it the least. Americans are seeing some of the largest increases in goods such as gas up 48%, beef up 16%, chicken and milk up 13%, and staples like coffee and eggs up 11%. And remember, this is, this is after already substantial increases. And I don't know if it's in the piece that I have here. I hope, hoped it would be. And it's not. And I'm just skimming through. Give me one second. He hits the Federal Reserve and the administration 
for failure to act fast enough. And he said today's data is a snapshot in time of the consequences being felt across the country. Quote, instead of acting boldly, our elected leaders and the Federal Reserve continue to respond with half measures and rhetorical failures searching for where to lay the blame. The American people deserve the truth about why record inflation is happening and what must be done to control it. Now, it isn't in this particular piece, but I saw it. And let me I took a snapshot of part of it, but I didn't get the second part. He specifically calls out Joe Biden for saying that this is um, Putin's price hike. I don't have that exact quote, but I'm telling you he did it. Here I do have verbatim what he said. Quote, here is the truth. We cannot spend our way to a balanced, healthy economy and continue adding to our $30 trillion national debt. But he also specifically called out Joe Biden for calling this Putin's price hike, saying that that's not the case and that prices were hiking well before all of that, which is true. And we've been saying it a lot on this program. See if you like this one. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, he's, you know, he's desperately trying to keep his position after what he did last year. And I guess technically it was the year before that. God, it's going fast. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed into law legislation that makes Georgia a constitutional carry state, permitting residents to carry handguns in public without a license or background check. It was Fox 5 in Atlanta that first reported on this yesterday. Now think about that. That's got to have the, the, the socialist Dems going bananas. Constitutional right permitting residents to carry handguns in public without a license or a background check. And I spent about 15 minutes show prepping this one item. I couldn't find if it's concealed carry or open carry. And I'm sure you know the difference, but just in case. Concealed carry would mean you'd have it inside your jacket, in a pocket, uh, in a holster, but you'd have a shirt like over it. You, you cannot, you're not allowed to openly display it. No one should know that you have it. Open carry, you can just strap on a, uh, a holster and away you go. Look at me. The bill makes Georgia the 25th constitutional carry state in the United States. In case you're wondering the others, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Maine, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Quote, there is no doubt 
that we are in challenging times, Governor Kemp. Kemp. Somehow I said Kemp. Governor Kemp said, quote, people don't have to carry if they don't want to. But this is a constitutional authority that people have. And they certainly shouldn't have a piece of paper from the government to be able to legally carry a weapon. And I'm not going to tell you if I have a gun or I don't have a gun. I've never revealed that. But I, I am consistent with this point. I support the, amend- the Second Amendment. You have many Democrats who do not. And this is how it should be. The Constitution provides for the right of the people to bear arms and that that right cannot be infringed. This is how it should be in the whole country. Open Forum 609-407-1450. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Your calls are... From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. This portion of Hurley in the morning brought to us in part by Ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals and i'm urging you this is the perfect time to reach out easiest way to do it ambientcomfortnj.com and then either digitally or you can click right on the phone number right there easiest way to get through and they do a great job they're very responsive you're going to love the attention to detail the service and everything about ambient comfort tell them i sent you early in the morning and if you're a new customer it doesn't matter who installed your system originally. They have a $59 spring tune-up special. They clean your system. They make sure that it's running correctly and that it will be able to hold up for the uh, upcoming, obviously, air conditioning the summer season. And a reminder, they'll, they'll tell you if – and you kind of know this. You know when you hear your refrigerator going like – and it, you know, you know the compressor. Something's going on. It's pretty good. That was a pretty good imitation. I and and just so you know, I've heard that sound before. You know that it's time, and you know with your system too. Maybe sometimes it turns on, and then sometimes it doesn't. And you have it set at seventy something, and it's sixty-seven degrees because the heat hasn't been coming on. Soon we'll be talking air conditioning. You know pretty much. It can sometimes be. A bit of a surprise, but also, too, this season, as it gets warmer, because if you test the air conditioning in the winter when it's 20 degrees outside, the air conditioning might feel like it's working. But is it ready to hold up when it's 90 plus degrees hour after hour, day after day? AmbientComfortNJ.com. Ask for the $59 spring tune-up special and tell them that Hurley in the Morning sent you. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. How are you today? Well, I'm doing even better now hearing your voice, John. How are you? 
<laughs> I'm doing well. Good. As I was driving to work, <laughs> I was thinking of how nice that pizza looked. And I have two two topics or two things I'd like to uh, like to talk to you about this yes. morning. One being, what do you think the percentage is of people who've had pizza in the morning? Would you say it would be like the high 90s? I don't think high 90s, but definitely I think a super majority. So I'm saying 66, 65% and above. It might not be 90 or above, John, but a lot of people have done it. And it, what's interesting about that is, and but my weekends are different than the week. I wouldn't have pizza Monday through Friday. I'm getting up at 2 o'clock. I just have a routine. I'm, I'm out and I'm gone. The weekend, though, I, I can't say I've done it um, dozens of times, but at least a few times. I've, I've had pizza in the morning hours. On the weekend, I'm one. I'm one of the uh, the the, uh, the John Porter, uh, you know, majority, super majority. I just don't. I don't know how high it goes. Something tells me it doesn't go to the ninety and above percentile, but many people have done it. Yeah, I, I think I think so. Also, so I just wanted to mention the pizza looked good. But uh, well, let me mention those who don't know because we're talking inside baseball. My son could be a chef in any restaurant. He is incredible. And he made three pizzas last weekend. He has his own pizza boxes and everything. Made from scratch. They looked fantastic and tasted even better. And I thank you for noting that, John. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. They sure they, they were uh, memorable. I'd say that. I, I didn't taste them, but they looked memorable. Thank you. Um, my, my thoughts with this uh, with this oil, you know, I don't know if people understand, the, you know, what's going on with us paying these, these high prices on uh, oil. This money, I mean, Russia is selling guns. They're selling whatever the heck anybody wants to buy just to get money. Including oil. Who's buying these guns? Yes. Who's buying these guns? You know, people that are not our friends. Yeah. So... By these high prices, all we're doing is pretty much giving them money to buy guns to, to uh, you know, selling our, giving our enemies guns. It's not good, Harry. There's, there's like, everything is high, and I think it all leads, and I, and I think you all agree that it leads to oil. This whole country is put backwards because this guy is signing stuff, and, 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 uh, it's it's crazy what he's doing, and and think what he's doing to try to get out of it. Uh, all right, we'll 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 let blends that we wouldn't normally let go this time of year go, so the, the, they pollute more. So you know the loon uh, lefties are going to go bananas. So he's got all these patch quilt, goofy, you know, uh, raid the strategic petroleum reserves, all these things because he. Does he think we forget? It's all on video, John, of him saying that he's attacking uh, fossil fuels and that they're not. We're not going to be able to drill. I mean, he said it. Bold lies. Yeah, bold lies. You know. Well, he told the truth during the campaign. This was his goal. 
Uh, just like Barack Obama said, yeah, you can open up a coal factory, but we'll bankrupt you. I mean, this is what these radicals believe. Yeah, yeah. Harry, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to say to you, um, I hope that you have the best of uh, holidays. Happy Easter to you and your family. And um, it's always a pleasure to listen to Harry Hurley in the morning. You are a good friend and a good gentleman. Thank you. Uh, happy Easter to you too, John. Thank you. You know it. We've got a few days until then, so maybe we'll speak again. Who knows? Let's get the break in. When we come back, you will join the program next. You'll be right after that. It's the Hurley in the Morning program. Sean Hannity is up, and you're listening, and you've chosen, and we thank you for cho- choosing WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. The truth and nothing but. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. You know, I was. It's, how embarrassing is it the White House is not currently planning a trip for Biden to Ukraine? Now, Jackie Heinrich works for Fox News, so she asked Glenn, uh, Jen Psaki about Biden saying, they wouldn't let me go. What do you mean they wouldn't let you go? You're the president. I, I can't take questions because if I do, they get really mad at me and everything. And I'm, I'm going to get yelled at. I can't take questions. They told me I'm not allowed. What do you mean you're not allowed? You're the president. Do what you want. You want to go to Ukraine like Boris Johnson and show support for Zelensky? Go do it. He doesn't want to go. He's not capable of that type of strenuous work. It is embarrassing to me. It's humiliating to this country. Keeping you on the straight path. Later today, it's the Sean Hannity Show. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-350-8989. That's 1-800-350-8989. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-350-8989. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. Welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. Back to your calls in a second. I tried to find out um, if there is a statistic of people who have, how many people have had pizza in the morning hours which would usually be that you have leftover pizza, it's in the refrigerator, and, and you have it. And, and, and again, my chef son, he knows how to reconstitute a pizza so that it is as fresh as when it was first made. Some people just stick it in the oven. Some people stick it in the microwave, which is probably the worst thing you can do. The crust usually winds up being really hard and... And then the pizza's kind of rubbery. It's just not good. But there's two ways that I've learned that you can do it. One of them is actually in a skillet-type pan. You put it in a pan 
on the stove. And then there is a way that you can bake it, rebake it, reconstitute it. It says 93% of Americans have eaten pizza in the last month. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? 93%. Let's see. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is a good one. Half of Americans prefer to eat cold pizza for breakfast. John Porter, there you go. It's 53% of survey respondents prefer pizza for breakfast. Now, that's not the same as if you ask the question, if you ever tried it in the morning, the number would go up, I would think. Very interesting. Pineapple on the pizza rejected by 54%. I will con- I will concur pineapple does not belong on pizza. I know that's like a Hawaiian pizza and this and that. Nope, no pineapple on the pizza. Please. Pretty please. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Hey, Harry, we're friends on Facebook, but I want to remain anonymous for this call because I do have a concealed carry license, and I want to weigh in on that if I can. Yeah, good for you. That's not easy to get. So, By the way, so you me... you have a concealed carry in the state of New Jersey. In the state of New Jersey, Ooh. I'm considered a felon yeah, if it's... I carry. Okay, there you go. But in 39 states, but in 39 states I, I'm, a, I'm a law-abiding citizen. Yes, I got you now. I got you. So, so interesting statistic for you. Since we're doing pizza statistics, let me do a gun statistic. Mm-hmm. In the state of Florida, one out of every 11 people in the state of Florida have a concealed carry license. Yeah, I thought it would actually so, be even more than that, but that's still a lot when you're talking about millions. millions. So, yeah, yeah, and so let me tell you why I don't mind the government knowing I have a concealed carry license. Because, number one, they didn't ask me how many guns I had, where I got them, who I bought them from, or anything like that. They just wanted to make sure that I was a law-abiding citizen. As soon as I was a law-abiding citizen and I had my concealed carry license, it took my, it took my responsibilities to a whole other level with how I carried. And I think it's important that we understand that, that, first of all, I'm not a fan of open carry at all because you're the first one with a target on your back if you've got a gun on your side, if there's a bad guy in the room. I, I want to agree with that, although I will tell you in Texas – they don't seem to have much problem with that, and it's, it's as you know, quite open carry there. But I, it sounds true what you're saying. I just don't know if it is true. But anyhow. Well, it, it depends on what you're carrying. I mean, if you're walking down the street with a rifle in your hand, that's one thing. If you have a, a pistol and you're carrying it concealed, that's, com- that's something completely different. Well, so. I like concealed because nobody knows what, what you have, and that, I think, gives you an advantage in certain encounters, whereas if it's open carry, uh, you don't have that that uh, element of surprise. I like concealed carry. I think concealed carry is just better for society as well. Nobody needs to know, and uh, you still have the the weapon. And I think that New Jersey needs to open up. You you have parts of the state where there are prosecutors who will give uh, concealed carry. Do you know in Atlanta County? 
Jeff Blitz had a strict policy. He would not approve it almost for no one. Rick Santoro, and only because that's a matter of public record, because he was personal protection for both Steve Wynn and later in his career, Donald Trump. He's one of the only people I know ever in Atlanta County to ever get a concealed carry permit. They just don't want to give them. But then we see what all the bad guys have. That's true. In fact, when I moved to New Jersey, it was very difficult for me just to be able to obtain a license to be able to hold a gun in a store if I wanted to look at it and or purchase a gun and the background checks and the letters of recommendation and all the stuff you have to go through just to be able to purchase a firearm in the state. The best thing that New Jersey residents can do is to start to stand up for their Second Amendment rights and rally the, the, the politicians and see what we can do on our side to push back to be able to create some legislation that allows... Have to lose. And so here's what's interesting. Today, um, the annual report, State of Black America, looks grim. And apparently, 73.9% of uh, the American pie goes to white people. They get to enjoy that, and, and the blacks get the rest. So, so they keep voting for the Democrats, and, and, and maybe, you know, it had some credence. How, how worse could you do if you voted for Republicans to run your cities? Um, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Thank you, Andrea. And I will back that up by saying, look what Rudy Giuliani did in New York. It was filthy, and it was completely crime-infested. It was made clean and safe. Uh, you have what President Trump did, where African-Americans had the highest employment of all time, ever, ever measured. And that wasn't just African-Americans. It was every demographic, every gender, every everything. But yet still we see the monolithic voting tendencies, which I always scratch my head and say, wow, that just doesn't make much sense at all. And I, I also wonder just about every day, how did the party of the KKK, how did they get away with snookering people like this? How did they get away with this? In, in what normal scenario would Democrats earn the votes of African-Americans with what they've done past and present? You have to admit, if you, if you just become dispassionate about that and not partisan – and not emotional, you cannot argue with what I just said. It is impossible. And I, w- I would challenge you by saying, was the Democratic Party the party of the KKK? Yes. You cannot deny that. Period. It is a historical, factually accurate point. And then let's just use a de- demarcation like Ted Kennedy. Lyndon Johnson, Ted Kennedy to the present. What have Democrats done to earn 95 or more percent of the African-American vote? What have they done? We'll be back. Don't go away. Your phone calls continue at 609-407-1450. I'm Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one 
News Talk radio station. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. We are back. It's uh, 52 minutes past the hour. We're going to get three calls in uh, in the eight minutes that we have. Let's make it count. You are on the air. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Good morning, boss. How are you, sir? Good. Yeah, I uh, I made mention to you before in this program that I uh, I took the uh, this this is going to the gun discussion. Uh, I took the air traffic controllers exam back when Reagan fired them all back in the eighties. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I passed the course. I was second in my class, and I went to Oklahoma and graduated the school. I never got a call for other reasons, which I won't discuss at this point in, until racial thing. But uh, I, getting back to guns. Uh, currently, since 1984, have a GS9 rating, which is an open carry, concealed carry permit in all 50 states. Okay, doesn't matter, New Jersey, anywhere. Okay? They, just to give you some perspective on it, a sworn FBI agent has a GS7 rating. I have a GS9, which means I can carry on a plane. Okay? I can open carry and conceal carry. I don't open carry for the simple reason that it makes people nervous sometimes. I'm not in uniform, and I I, I will conceal carry sometimes depending on where I'm going. But I I won't open carry just for that reason. You know, I'm not a police officer. I'm not an ATF agent. Not an FBI agent. So I, it kind of makes people taken aback a bit. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. A little bit a little bit of it is mystifying, though, because this state is so strict that it almost doesn't matter if you got it through a federal means or I'm, I'm not quite aware of how you have this magical mystery tour power, but it's very unusual in this state. Most of the prosecutors in the state won't even grant a permit if your life is threatened and you put in for a permit to be able to carry, they will tell you no. Matt, I promise we're going to get three calls in, so I've got to run for now. It's going to give two minutes for each of the other callers. I'd like to learn more about that, because if I didn't know you, I I wouldn't believe what you're saying. Uh, It's uh, it's kind of shocking. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, Harry, how you doing? Well, thank you for asking. It's Elmer from uh, Maryland. Hey. And I appreciate everything you do because you got number one talk show in America. Oh, thank you. On New Jersey. And I I got problems with, you know, New Jersey turning to California. Yeah. And that was crazy. I was born in California. And I was raised in Arizona. Well, remember, in California, people like Ronald Reagan, Pete Wilson, I mean, people like that uh, used to, I think Rockefeller, uh, used to be able to win. What happened? Look at that place. Yeah, it's a sad place now. Everybody's leaving. 
They're going to like Texas, like you said about open carry. Yeah, Price, you go to Texas, they got their guns on their racks. I'm serious about it. Go look at the numbers. Uh, states that are conceal open carry, uh, much less crime. Those with the toughest laws on the planet, the worst crime. It's as usual. It's it's the Democrats. Everything they say is wrong. Oh, yeah. You look at Chicago. You look at Baltimore. Look uh, at New York City. Uh, look look at uh, San Francisco. Uh, look at Los Angeles. I mean, we could go on Michigan. With the, let, let's not even start, Elmer. You can't stop. Once you start, you can't stop. It's everywhere. Everywhere that, that Democrats have been in control for a long, long time where you don't have it go back and forth the way that some areas have cyclical events. Uh, this is how it goes. I mean, it's it's just terrible. Elmer, I owe you more time next time. I promise we were going to get in, in at least three calls, and I'm going to keep my word here. A uh, couple of minutes before the top of the hour, forward mortgages coming up with Jim Malamut, reverse mortgages coming up with John Walters uh, for the remainder of today's program. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hello? Hello to you. Yeah, hi, Harry. Uh, this is Lenny. I spoke I spoke to you a couple times before. The one time you told me about that movie all together now, I tried to get back to you about it because I did watch it. It was great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, um, how do I word this? I, I just don't throw out recommendations lightly. So usually when I put out, and I try to do them about once a month, I'll put out a movie recommendation. Uh, they're, they're, they're good ones. But thanks, for, thanks, Lenny, for saying you that. Were, you were spot on. Thank you. Um, the other one I, I talked to you about, I forget the topic off the top of my head, but you told me I knocked it out of the park. So uh, anyway, I want to go off topic a little bit yeah. uh, about this recreational marijuana. I never agreed with it. Okay, yeah. I voted against it. I, I believe in de- decriminalization, not legalization. Um, but anyway, they're doing it. Um, Lenny, we could be running mates. That's my position. I'm opposed to recreational marijuana. I'm in favor of medical marijuana, and I'm in favor of decriminalization. Uh, we're on the uh, You didn't mention medical marijuana, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're okay with that. I used to be opposed to that as well, but a number of years ago, I just couldn't justify being opposed to it. I mean, it was helping people that were sick, and, and how, how can you be against that? I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yep. What I wanted to ask you, though, yeah. the revenues that are going to be produced for the state with that, does that go into the general fund? Well, it's targeted. It will go, I, yes. The, the short answer is yes, it will go into the general fund, but it is targeted for different things. It's targeted for, for certain cessation programs and other areas. But, yes, it, it will be revenue um, either anticipated or unanticipated uh, that will go into the to, to the state coffers. Yes. How do we get that directed to go in for tr- uh, property tax relief for the people that were born and raised in this? This is how Lenny, this is how you do it. Uh, win elections because whoever dies with the most toys wins. And if Democrats win, I assure you it won't go towards property tax reduction. If Republicans won, you'd have a fighting chance. It's about who wins power. Well, well, we we lifetime residents here are getting pushed right out of this state. It's true. It's, we're getting hammered at every turn. 
Lenny, let's talk again. I've got to run to uh, the top of the hour break. Jim Alamut standing by next. John Walters in today's 9 o'clock hour. This is Hurley in the Morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour, and it's not a correction by any means because... uh, Mr. Note does a very good job uh, with the news every single day on the program. But literally in the past couple of minutes since John did his report, Frank James is now no longer a person of interest. He is a suspect uh, that, that anybody that, that follows law enforcement, that is a that is a distinction with a big difference in the New York subway. Uh, I don't want to call it massacre because it, if you don't believe in a higher power, uh, how does a, a man fire off 33 shots and every single person is still alive? Almost amazing. So we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But I, ju- I just wanted to share with you that the um, person of interest has been elevated to an actual suspect um, in yesterday's attack uh, in New York City and Brooklyn. John Walters is here. John Walters is the official, the exclusive reverse mortgage expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. And John visits with us on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. John can provide you with strategic options to help improve retirement outcomes. And he's been doing it for more than 16 years. There's absolutely no obligation on your part. But I do encourage you, if you're nearing or at the the mark, 62 and beyond, you can reach John at 609-231-4924. To review your many options, you can meet with John in person or by virtual connection, and this could change your life. That's not an exaggeration. It'll end your mortgage payment, that's for sure, uh, and could just completely take you from stressing out every month. What's the old expression that a mutual friend of John and I uh, said forever, for decades, that more, more month than money. Uh, that's very stressful for people when that's the... Um, the, the circumstance. One last item about John. John is a certified reverse mortgage professional, and there are only about 200 in the entire country. I know what we're going to open up with, John. I'll set the stage, turn it over to you. We're going to talk about these changes that that Jim Malamon and I just briefly addressed, because this this can be game changing for folks that have been dealt, you know, credit dings and dents with nagging medical bills and things like that. Tell your listeners about credit report, medical debt changes. Well, thanks, Harry. I I read this article this past week and I've started to research and I I was listening to you uh, with with you and uh, Jim uh, in reference to this, but this is is so important. uh, I can't tell you that how much this is going to create a change for a lot of people and their credit rating. So let me explain something to you about this. Um, One of the reasons that every client that I work with 
I actually run a credit report. It's called a tri-merge credit report. It's the three credit reported agencies, three credit scores, comes down to one score, and I forensically go through the credit report with each borrower. And a lot of times they're wondering why we do this. And one of the reasons that I do this on the credit report, it's broken down into revolving debt, installment debt, real estate debt, medical debt, which we're going to be talking about. And each one of these areas, uh, there's a percentage that they use the credit reporting agencies to give you a certain rating. Well, medical debt, what has happened is over the years, uh, this thing has rolled along where people who have great credit and pay their bills wound up, their credit scores dropped dramatically because something happened in the medical field. Now, I'm going to share something with you that happened to me personally three days ago. Mm. I received a bill, a medical bill, three days ago that was dated, or I should say the date of service was two years ago. So I went to a local, uh, actually a a, a local surgery center for for something. I never got billed where I, I received this, as I said, three days ago. And it's dated two years ago. So what happened was I'm looking at this. My wife and I were looking and saying, I don't understand this. So I started to do some research, and they had the billing department. The billing department's located in, I think it was Sandy, Utah, for for one of these uh, surgery centers. But I wound up talking to this young guy, and he goes, something looks wrong here. He said, this thing is two years old. I said, I know. He goes, i got to do some research on this. Well, what happened was uh, they couldn't answer the situation, and now it's been pushed to another level. So I pulled my credit report right away, okay? But my point being is this. If this thing had escalated along, and if I didn't follow my credit report, potentially this thing could have dragged my score down. Yeah, you would have had a collection account, uh, and it would have. It would have dropped your score probably 75 points maybe even more one collection not doesn't even matter what the amount people think it matters if it's a $35 copay or $10,000 they can and 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 as you know if you don't successfully have that removed that stays on your report for 7 years after you pay it off correct it's a nightmare correct so yeah, and I'm, I don't want to beat up on this, but I just wanted wanted to share something about this. This is going to be vitally important. So uh, just to let you know, there is a free resource. Uh, this is a website that you can go to, and I think that, and this is uh, actually put on by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It's called annualcredit-report.com, and I'll read that again. If you want to write this down, annualcredit-report.com. And what they're going to do is they're going to send you your credit score on a weekly basis up through, I think it is January at the end of the year. So if you have, uh, especially if there's some, something that might be on your credit report and you know, this is something we wanted to address and I don't want to go on because you talked about it on your, on your prior but show. It, but it's very important. And I'm glad that this is the first item on your show today because it is extremely significant what this can mean. 
I used to tell people all the time, you should you don't have to obsess on it every day and check your score. Some people do it every day and have these different ways of, you know, checking the score. You just gave a great one, annualcredit-report.com. Uh, that, that's huge. But I used to tell people, you have to check it. I, I always said at least maybe twice a year minimum. You want to make sure, even more than that, because it's easy to get it now, because you want to make sure that there's not something on your report that shouldn't be there. We just talked to uh, a listener uh, in the last hour that you may have heard, John. He had a lien on his home from a company he never did business with. Anything can pop up. Correct. Tabular Correct. errors, you know this, John. Tabular errors happen. All kinds of things can happen. And until you successfully navigate that off of your credit report, I mean, it's going to be held against you and it's going to negatively impact your score. We're at the first break more, much more, including a guest coming up after the halftime break that John will introduce later in his program. We're with John Walters. He's talking all about the reverse mortgage and to reach John 609-231-4924. That's 609-231-4924. We'll be back in just a few minutes with John Walters of John Walters Reverse Mortgage Funding. I am Hurley in the Morning, and this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We continue with who I was just speaking about, John Walters. Uh, So when you hear me talk about the reverse mortgage, uh, the only person that you will hear me recommend to you is John Walters, the exclusive, the official reverse mortgage expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. And there's a reason for that. I trust John. He is incredibly honest. Uh, Everybody that I know that has dealt with John has thanked me and said, he's everything you say he is. Uh, He's he's not low pressure. You know, there are people out there that are low pressure, high pressure, this and that. John is no pressure. He loves what he does. He loves to lay out for you the different strategies, the different options that you have, and he can show you how to improve your retirement outcome, actually how to make your uh, your home part of your retirement pension. He, he's got a great many uh, strategies that, that, that you can employ with John's guidance. He's been doing this for more than 16 years. He knows the product inside and out and how to make it work in your particular case, all you have to do is give John a call. 609-231-4924. That's 609-231-4924. And John, I know that um, you're going to talk about what I also believe to be very important information about what happens to the home after the last borrower passes, because that's obviously something that the children, the grandchildren, the heirs, they they need to know, hey, what okay, now now mom and dad are gone. So what do we do now? 
John, time is yours. Thank you. Yeah, one of the uh, big questions that people ask is, okay, uh, my mom, my dad has a reverse mortgage in their house. What happens when they pass away? Well, we've got to go back to the beginning of the loan process. We've got to understand that a reverse mortgage is nothing more than a loan, nothing different than the forward world. You can buy, you can refinance your property, uh, you have all the options that you would in the forward world. So let's just take the forward and reverse world. If the last borrower, let's say in the reverse world, the last borrower passes, now what happens is the heirs come into play. Now, what's interesting, uh, there is, there's a few caveats to the reverse mortgage uh, when the last borrower passes. That one of the things is, is that um, as far as time frames are concerned, the heirs of the estate, the first caveat is they have six months to resolve that debt. No, so do they? Do we want to purchase? Do we want to uh, refinance the property? Do we want to sell the property? I'm going to talk about that in just a couple of moments. So that's one of the decisions heirs need to make. Okay. Now with the reverse mortgage, normally what happens is this: How long? Have they had the reverse mortgage? Have they had it for 10, 15, 20, 25 years? What's happened to property values? Is there equity in the property? So in, in working with borrowers, the, there is a due diligence of asking questions to find out what the heirs of the estate wants to do. Okay, now, once uh, we go through that, there's another caveat that the loan can be paid off with the, the balance of whatever the loan happens to be, or or 95% of the appraised value, whichever is less. So let me explain that to you. Uh, one of the things is, is that um, in looking at a reverse mortgage, if somebody, if, if the heirs or the estate uh, want to purchase the property or refinance the property, uh, it would be the lower of those two figures. Whatever the loan balance would happen to be, it's $100,000, that's what they would pay off and keep the property. Um, they want to sell the property, the same thing is going to apply. Let's consider the worst case scenario that there is. Let's say that the loan balance is higher than what the value of the property is. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the great part about what we call uh, uh, the non-recourse feature of the loan which means that the heirs of the estate never pay more than the value of the property or refinancing the property. So that is a real plus about the reverse mortgage program. If there's a lot of equity, what happens is the heirs of the estate wind up keeping the equity. So it's, 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 uh, it's a little bit different, but at the same time, they have the same options at the end of the loan. Let me throw a little, uh, not a curve, because you deal with it all the time, I'm sure. The home could be extremely sentimental in many cases. Uh, I know in any case that I could personally think of, uh, any home that my parents lived in, very sentimental to me. You probably hear from people that say, all right, well, we got to know exactly where we stand because we want to keep the home. You, you have people that at the end, the heirs, want to keep the home correct john correct and then they of course they're in the realm where they have to then they have to purchase the home at that point 
Well, yeah, and and even in the forward world, yes. the same thing would apply. Of course, and, yes. You know, so, you know, if there's a loan on, on the property in the forward or reverse world, it has to be paid off one way or another. Yep. So there's nothing different there. Correct. Except that there is there's a time. The caveat is they give you six months uh, to either sell the property or refinance the property. Then you can get another six months up to a year. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that a lot of times the heirs of the estate aren't aware that there was a time frame on uh, doing something with the property. And the reason for that is that they do not want the home to go into disrepair. Yeah. Uh, the importance is to keep the integrity of the property for the investors so that the loan can be paid back. Mm -hmm. So uh, in reference to that, I think that that's what's important for people to know. And I go over that with, with with the borrowers all the time, as well as the heirs. Uh, a lot of times meeting with elder law attorneys, as well as family members. And really what the question comes down to do is, what are we trying to do here? And meeting with the with these you know, important people in the family is, you know, I'm trying to keep my mom or dad in the, in the house. Uh, how can we do it? What are our options? And what I wanted to do is I actually have a little scenario here. This is this is probably one of the number one things uh, in discussion with borrowers that I have. I received um, an email in reference to, and I'll read it to you. Uh, said, Dear Mr. Walters, my wife and I are both 70 years of age and are looking at either keeping our home or selling it. We love our home and would like to stay here, but needs to be updated. We're on a fixed income and we can't afford a home equity loan along with payments. Do I stay? Do I sell? Where do we relocate? What are about what are the costs? What involved? a great question. What a very real life question. Really really life question. Yeah. And uh, and and work and working with with borrowers on that particular question, the first question that I ask is what do you want to do if you if you had no, if there was no no parameters on this, uh, what would you rather do? Uh, we we would rather want to stay here. I said, okay, let's work on that scenario first. You want to stay at the property? Uh, we take a look, find out if there's a you know, put them through the the process of approval, find out how much money, what the proceeds would be. So we're going to take a look at what the loan can do for them. Then what I'm going to do is take a look. If they sell the property, what are the proceeds coming out of that? And then, of course, this is nothing more than brainstorming. And But what it does, it creates clarity for the individual. And what's really important is if they want to stay in the home. A lot has to do with, you know, do they have any physical ailments? Um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things as we age that we have to be very careful about to make sure it's making the right decision. So, so that's the answer, uh, you know, as far as my discussion with, with the borrower was, okay, let's look at both options. Let's look at both choices. Let's take a look at the costs. And if there's family members that are willing to get involved, we do that as well. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as costs, as far as costs are concerned, I say, in the end, it's about the same cost in selling your property as it is getting a reverse mortgage. I'm trying to simplify it. Why? Well, first of all, if you're going to sell your property, 
you're going to have a 6% commission on average. You're going to have closing costs, and you're going to have moving expenses. With a reverse mortgage, uh, you could have origination fee. You have initial mortgage insurance premium. So the cost, uh, as far as evaluating one versus the other, it's going to be about the same. And you're not moving uh, from your home, which is enormously important for people that would only leave because they have to. And now they don't have to. John, I'm going to be the timekeeper at the bell because I always want to make you look good because you deserve uh, to look good because your boss is going to join the program next. And I want to make sure that we're on time. It's exactly 30 minutes past the hour. John Walters is here and he will introduce his distinguished guest right after this break. Stay with us early in the morning with John Walters. This is. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. That would be South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you, and we know it's all because of you, and we thank you for it. Uh, This is John Walter's Reverse Mortgage Funding with the official and exclusive reverse mortgage expert for the Hurley in the Morning program, John Walters, he's uh, going to be introducing a very special guest because this guest happens to be John's boss. John, don't get nervous now. You know, it's, it's going to be okay. I promise. It's going to be. I'm just teasing. The time is yours, John. Thanks. I, I'd like to introduce Vanessa White to the listening audience. Uh, Vanessa happens to be the East Coast Regional Sales Manager for Reverse Mortgage Funding, which is the company that we're with. And she's been in the reverse mortgage industry for over 25 years, and she's been in mortgage banking for over 35 years. And she's one of the founding members of NARMALA, which is the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association. It's our trade organization, and which is devoted to promoting education uh, to consumers and financial institutions. She manages over 50 reverse mortgage loan officers, such as myself, and she's probably one of the most experienced and reverse mortgages in the country, and she is the go-to person. So, Vanessa, I want to thank you for coming on today. Thank you, John. You're too kind. Looking for a promotion. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying anything bad about me today, or are you going to think that I'm smart today? (laughs) I'm going to think that you're smart today. That's That's fantastic. (laughs) Vanessa, let me ask you something, and I thought about this, um, considering the history that you had within the industry and also in mortgage banking, what made you stay with reverse mortgages? Because you could have been in the forward world, probably would have been a lot easier, but you seem to have stuck with the reverse mortgage world. What seemed to be, what that? What was that inside you that, that had you do that? Well, um, I had experience with reverse mortgages early on. Um, My mother uh, was one of the first people to get a reverse mortgage in the state of New Jersey when they first started it. Um, When they first started reverse mortgages, they initially started it on the West Coast in California. And at the time, Arps Mortgage was our sister company, and we were, I was part of Bank New York Mortgage Company. And when they decided to bring it to the East Coast of New Jersey, um, it was just one of those things. My mom, my father had been deceased for a number of years. You know, the roof went, she needed a new car, you know. 
Um, there was, there was problems right. with the pool. Like, you know, it was just like one of those things, like where everything happens all at once. So we looked into it and we just heard about this thing called reverse mortgages. And I, I actually spoke to one of the people at ARCS, our sister company in California, and they explained to me what it was. And there was only like two or three lenders that was doing it. Now I remember the lender was in Cherry Hill. Now I live in North Jersey in Bergen County. My mom lived in Keyport, which is Monmouth County. And I had to go and pick her up, take her to Cherry Hill, because they wouldn't go to the customers. And the guy didn't explain anything to my mother. He just put documents in front of her to sign. Like she didn't even know what she was doing. Of course, she signed. And then I had to explain to her everything afterwards. So when we decided to do it as a company, Bank New York Mortgage, on the East Coast, I had an experience from a customer standpoint. And I'm like, we're not going to do that. We're actually going to educate. We're going to know what we're doing. We're going to know what we're going to talk about. We're going to make it convenient for the borrower. We're not going to make them come to us. We're going to go to them. You know, and it was, it, and at that time, it was really, you got people that were much older, right? You didn't get younger people. There right. was usually people, my average right. age customer was probably in their 80s, 70, late 70s, 80s. So I just looked at it from a perspective, coming at it from a customer perspective, I was like, we're going to do things a little different because everyone has the same program. So the only thing that you could do differently is offer a level of customer service. And that was important. Right. So, right. You know, so that's why I got involved in it and I loved it. You know, it was, it was, it was helping people like, you know, and it was, it was easy back then. <laughs> well, let me ask you because you know, uh, being that you know, uh, you're my supervisor or ahead of me, I know I know what your 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 job is on a daily basis, and and you're dealing with, as I said, over fifty loan officers. You're dealing with problems. You're dealing with trust. You're dealing with life estates, uh, trying to structure things, being with the attorneys, uh, and you hit something on the head because I noticed that when you were with Normala educating the consumers was the most important thing. And I share this with Harry, that probably the most important thing that I do, probably because I was a teacher for 35 years, is to sit face to face, sit down and have a discussion of what this thing is called the reverse mortgage. And how it can help them. And I, you know, and how it can help them. Now, yesterday, uh, when we were talking, uh, uh, and Harry had brought it up on his prior show, as we know, interest rates are rising. And the first thing that struck me, and maybe you could share a little bit about this, I'm thinking, how about those, uh, how about those borrowers who took out the line of credit that wants the line of credit to grow? And what we realize is in a down, or I should say as interest rates rise, people with the lines of credit they're going to be increasing faster on a month-to-month basis. That's correct. What's your thoughts on that? You know, yes. And so, it, yes, because the line of credit is going to grow at the note rate plus the uh, mortgage insurance. So as those, they have adjustable rate mortgages. So those, those mortgages will change either monthly or annually, depending on which program they pick. Um, and those uh, loans will, those line of credits will get larger. 
that doesn't mean it, you know, they're going to receive dividend interest income. That means it just increases their ability to borrow more money as time goes on. Right. And it can never be taken away. Right. That's the great thing about it. You know? Exactly. And when we look at the strength, uh, and Harry brings it up too, is getting a reverse mortgage before you really need it. And if we're looking at the strategy of the line of credit as an example, once that's in place, we find out that it can't be taken away. It can't be reduced. And the other thing is you don't need to requalify for it. I mean, that's unbelievable. Exactly. If we take a look at this market, interest rate changes, is that it is secure based on the initial mortgage insurance fund. And, uh, and of course, people are, are paying that. And that's one of the reasons for the cost. And I, and I actually discussed that a little bit of how that plays a part. Now, let me... John, hold it right there. We'll take... We'll come right back to you. You can pick up right where you left off. We'll get the final break in, uh, and we'll have plenty of time on the other side. It's 44 minutes past the hour. It's John Walters, Reverse Mortgage Funding. I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. And John's distinguished guest is his boss, Vanessa White. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Please don't go away with John and Vanessa. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Mother's Day is coming, and so is the challenge. What do you give the mom that gave you everything? This Mother's Day, give the gift of a lifetime of memories, digitized forever. Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Nick. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago to simplify preserving footage of mom's wedding, your first steps, and all the milestone moments that made your mom, mom. Over a million families have trusted Legacy Box to convert those meaningful moments. Legacy Box is simple, safe, and affordable. Simply fill your Legacy Box with photos, film, and tapes. Our team of experts will do the rest. Not to mention, you'll get back your originals and new digital copies on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud, ready to relive and share for generations. Make your mom feel extra special this Mother's Day with what Real Simple calls the perfect gift. Visit LegacyBox.com slash now to get early access to our Mother's Day sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash now for an unbelievable deal. LegacyBox.com slash now. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you, we know it. Thank you. 49 minutes past the hour, John Walters' reverse mortgage funding continues with John Walters and his boss, uh, Vanessa White. John, time is yours. Thank you. Vanessa, you know, I was thinking about this from the time I've been in 16 years. You've been in a lot longer than I have. Uh, of the kinds of borrowers mm -hmm. that we started with going back in the beginning to uh, mm -hmm. I, I take a look. I take a look at that. We have three kinds of borrowers now. We have those that are needs based. We have people that are taking out reverse mortgages to create a better lifestyle. And we also use this particular program uh, as, as far as a retirement strategy. Um, mm -hmm. What was it like, the, the progression as we moved along? Um, how did that happen? In other words, in the beginning, was it all needs-based borrowers and then it's progressed up to where it is today? Yeah, the program was very, you know, I mean, I remember when we first got started, I think our 
our maximum value that we consider was below 152, 362. Um, so even if the property was worth three or four hundred thousand, we would only consider. Yep. So even if the property was worth okay. three or four hundred thousand, you could only consider it up to 152. And the messaging, you know, when it first came out, it was to help people really in need. Um, and it was usually, it was primarily used for, I would say, in Jersey, it was some people just used it to help pay their taxes, of course. Um, but um, also it was used for people that needed for health care, if they wanted to stay at home. And so that they could get someone to come into the home and, and help take care of them. We did a lot of that. And that's why our our, our borrowers were tended to be older. Um, and the perception was that you had to have your home free and clear. You couldn't have a mortgage on it. So people didn't even entertain a reverse mortgage to actually pay off a mortgage. And then we progressed a little bit and then we were building out people in foreclosure, uh, people that got behind in their taxes. And then we progressed a little bit more and people were looking at it for doing different things. And as the, as the um, products widened, like they were able to do more um they were like wow you know we that this can do more and then what you had is like the financial planners are looking at it to put it in their tool belt um for those people that were using their their um savings and their investments it was costing them more they realized they could utilize it and then it was to delay social security so they could you know and then to pay off mortgages so the progression has happened as people have have gotten educated actually that this is what this can do right. and this is how this can help. But you have to look at it from a broader broader scope. Hey, Vanessa, this is Harry. Just a wild card question because I saw it happen, and I know that both of you did as well. There was a point in time, I, I don't remember the demarcation line, but a number of years ago when, say, financial advisors, for example, were actually adverse to the reverse mortgage, which I never understood because I always looked at the reverse mortgage as a part of your, your total um, – plan to to retire uh and they they completely had a conversion on that to where not only they're enthusiastic about uh the reverse mortgage what do you think it was vanessa and john of course it's your show uh what do you think it was that turned that switch on for them education it was it was some of their peers respected peers in the industry wait bow and um John, what's the other one's name um, in Texas? Jamie Jam- 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 oh, Hopkins and Barry and Stephen Sachs. Yes, Let me step in for a moment, just for a moment in reference to that. Harry, you asked a question like, what was the switch that did that? Yes. Now, I'll share with you, I'm dealing with two different financial planners right now in reference to do, two different clients. And what I realized was, and it's funny because that was the question that I was thinking, was that I got the call because they did not have a product or a program that could help their client any better than what they were doing and that the reverse mortgage was able to add and strengthen their retirement. Yes, and it always was, but they didn't get it until a certain point, it seemed. They didn't get it. Yeah. And what what changed with what, what changed with that? One of the biggest changes was if we go back, we had Harold Levinsky, we had John Salter, we have Wade Bow that's there now, Jamie Hopkins. 
uh, these pe- these people who did basically extensive studies with reverse mortgage programs and concluded that taking a reverse mortgage in conjunction with other strategies is only going to strengthen your retirement. Yep. Not to use it as a standalone, but to use it in conjunction with other, you know, other things going on. Go ahead, Harold. Great answer. Uh, I just thought it's an important question because when you see that conversion, that really, to me, uh, was very illuminating about the reverse mortgage and and what it can do. One, one other, yeah. One, one one other thing. Let me add. If we take a look at if we take a look at CFPs as an example, uh, certified reverse uh, planners. Uh, mandated that they educate their borrowers in reference to about reverse mortgages. They don't have to, they don't have anything to do with it, but it has to be on the plate for them uh, to consider it. So there has been a complete shift. Yeah, I think it's terrific. Back to you. Okay. Uh, Vanessa, getting back to, um, you know, as far as the borrowers are concerned, uh, what do you see today? You know, what's the climate today for the type of climate and the type of borrowers that are using reverse mortgages? What are you seeing from your perspective? Um, we're looking. A lot of people are looking at for uh, a sense of security um, to in, improve or maintain their quality of life um, as. When we first got started, I used to just deal with the generation with depression area babies, where it was it was about all about you know saving for your children to pass on to your heirs. The boomers, <laughs> and I'm a boomer, <laughs> are spenders. <laughs> I'm a boomer too, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> being frugal so we can save something where like we've given everything to our kids early <laughs> you know i yeah, you know, exactly as we live longer our quality of life is you know in all seriousness as we live longer our quality of life is what is that the thing is uh 60 is the new 40 you know our quality of life is, is better you know and we want to maintain that and i just think that it it really goes to show that they can do more things with it, and it's not just the loan of the last resort, as it was in the beginning. That's what it was known for. This is what you do if you have no other right. resort. Now it's looked at, as you indicated, as a um, eti- retirement plan. It really should be part of your retirement plan going forward, as we do with, you know, Social Security is no longer alone going to support you when you go to retire. Um, we have mortgages we want to pay off so that we don't have to pay our mortgages anymore. And if the pandemic has taught us anything in the past two years, it's the importance of the quality of life and being with our family and friends. And you start seeing people relocate to be closer to other people. You know, it's, it's just, right. you know, really comes down to it. And I, I was think thinking that, that's the most important thing. Yeah. I, I, I think what's great about the, about the program and the product based on our discussion here has to do with how this program 
has basically transitioned over the years and adapted itself mm-hmm. to to us as a people. And what I mean is, as, as, as we were talking about the very, very beginning of this program, it was a needs-based program. And I think this is where it got its you know, reputation that, uh, that we didn't really care for, was that people thought, okay, if you don't have any money, you get a reverse mortgage. Well, as we yeah. know, that's not the case. I'm dealing with a couple of borrowers whose homes are well over a couple of million dollars. Why would these people be getting a reverse mortgage? Well, they understand that there's an, there's reasons that uh, you get a reverse mortgage and how you strategize with it. So um, do, you, do you think that people will eventually, uh, instead of the connotation is about reverse mortgages, kind of iffy where it's going to be more accepted as far as, as far as the American public? I think so, because one of the things we didn't even touch on is you only owe what you've used plus interest. So you're not selling your home to the bank. You maintain your home, especially since home values have appreciated so much. Chances are you will be able to leave something to your family, but you're able to use what you need now or what you would like to use now. Um, it is, it's a way for you to access a portion of your equity and make it a liquid asset which today everyone Correct. can use. Money is king. Money is king. Cash is king. And I and I think that that's Cash the important king. thing about, you know, and, and Harry, you bring it up all the time, is to get a reverse mortgage before you need it. Yep. Why have it in place? If you fail to plan, you plan mm-hmm. to fail. We've, we've heard that expression. If you don't have, if, if, you, if you don't have any leverage and you don't have liquidity, and you own a home that has, let's say, in the area of 50% of equity position, uh, you, you're in a good position. And i just like to tell you, you only need, and I've done this several times this past week, I only need four pieces of information uh, to run a scenario. So, for instance, if, I, if you can get me the age of the youngest borrower, approximate home value, the mortgage balance, and get me the address of the property, which I would like, uh, I can do a loan scenario and just send it to you by way of email, and I don't have to talk to you. But I'll be glad to <laughs> in reference to the <laughs> program. Harry, how much time do we have? This is perfect, John. We have about four minutes, a little more than four minutes. And I know that you want to conclude with Vanessa with um, the fact we our listeners are well aware and your listeners are well aware that we're in just runaway inflationary times and – Whoever wants to take the question first, John, if it's for Vanessa first, how do you see the use of the reverse mortgage during these inflationary times, uh, which are significant? Because obviously at 8.5 percent CPI, uh, you're talking about everything is much more expensive. And this can be a big part of the um, the solution, can it, Vanessa? Almost definitely. It can help facilitate, it can help them, you know, leave. Also, the stock market's been crazy too. It's been up and down. So the financial planners will tell you, you got to leave it there. But if you need it, if you're you basically tired and you're looking to live off of that, use reverse mortgage so you can kind of leave it there so you don't take those losses. Um, and also it can help supplement. You know, everyone could use a little bit of extra income. And the best thing about this, they only need, if you don't need it, don't take it, let it sit there and grow. Mm. 
for it'll be there when you do need it. Strong, John. And, and yeah, and and Harry, you know, we know we have financial planners are uh, right now is a big thing about sequence of return risk. And what that happens to be is for those people of retirement age that are about to retire or at the beginning of the retire and the stock market starts to go down, it's better to withdraw out of the reverse mortgage because it doesn't create a taxable event. Okay. And you can supplement with that until the market comes back and that will help out the, on the investment side. So the, what we're talking about here is a product that has a lot of flexibility, a lot of creativity. It can take and go in many different directions based on the kind of borrowers that we're working with. And I think that that's probably the message that Vanessa and I want to get across. This is not a, a, for a limited situation. This can apply to anybody of retirement age to take a look at it. How can it, what are the ups? What are the downs? What are the costs? evaluate it, do your due diligence, and you can find out that, you know, in many, many cases, uh, it's going to do nothing but strengthen your retirement position. Very important information. We have about two minutes, so we have time for closing comments. Good. Well, Vanessa, why we have two minutes, I'm going to ask you one more question. And um, okay. uh, as you know, uh, I'm a prankster once in a while. No, I'm on, on a serious note, I'm going to try to get <laughs> as much as I can <laughs> from you. Uh, if I was just to ask you the importance from your perspective, and I talked about it just a couple of minutes ago, but from your perspective, the importance of the program going into the future, how do you see it? I see this being very, very important as we have changes in, in banking um, where before you could go into a bank and get a home equity loan. Now people have to qualify. And especially here in the Northeast where our taxes are, are very high when you're on a fixed income, it becomes harder to qualify. So I look at reverse mortgages as kind of like for the senior, it's the seniors, it's the seniors home equity loan. And, and that's why it's called home equity conversion mortgage. It is very much like that, where they can access it and supplement their needs as they as they get older. But but as you know, and so you know, Vanessa, I'm a former bank vice president, branch manager. It's for me, it's better than that. And I know you know this. I just want to make sure we get it in. It's better than that because if you go take out a second mortgage, I've watched people do it, and you have too. They're paying the monthly payment with the proceeds of their own loan, and here there's no payment required. Exactly. It's huge. 30 seconds. And, and it could be t- Go ahead, John. Yeah, and the other thing oh, well. is the problem now with the, with the interest rates going up is the debt-to-income situation as far as qualifying for the loan, which you don't have with the reverse mortgage. Uh, so there's, there's a lot there. Go ahead, Vanessa. I was like, I was just going to say an end on this note for me is that the best thing about this can be tailored to the person's individual need. We're so, not putting a square peg into a round hole. So, so if you have questions, you can, John can figure it out how the reverse mortgage can help you or not help you. It, it, it will depend. So important. And with that, we're out of time. Vanessa.